Hi, I'm Maria Thea Harris Lavella Sows on social media. Welcome back to Sow Over 50 podcast on Sow Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Sow Organized Style podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sober 50 Podcast. Sober 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. The Sober 50 community is positively leading, being visible in the sewing world. This episode is the concise research version that Judith and Sandy will discuss with us. There is a longer version of this episode that includes the story of Sober 50, so you can see why it was worth conducting this research right now. Listeners, today we've got a really special podcast for Sober 50. Let's welcome Judith and Sandy, who have been running the Sober 50 account since August 2018. To kick off today's podcast, good morning to you, Judith. Hi, Maria. It's lovely to see you this morning here in the UK. Looking forward to having this chat with you and Sandy. How are you, Sandy? Thank you for coming. Hi, ladies. Hi, Marie Judith. And hi from Brisbane. It's evening and I've got my glass of wine here with you. (laughs) This is a really special get-together. Judith, can you talk to us about how So Over 50 started way back in 2018? That's right. It was in August 2018 when I'd been having some thoughts anyway about the lack of older people in the sewing world and social media patterns and generally in society, I suppose, in media. And then the socialist account put out a call out for any other niche areas of the sewing world. And one of the ones they suggested was the over 50s that wasn't being covered. And that chimed with what I'd been thinking about anyway. So very quickly, I replied and I very quickly set up the account called it so over 50 because they had said about over 50 so that's just what came into my head so I called it so over 50 I set up the account socialists shared it and very quickly we started gaining followers very quickly because of their call out and then people spreading the news and obviously everybody was really up for it and had probably been thinking along the same lines that we were part of the community that seemed to be invisible so it grew well I think on average about a thousand a month for the last four and a half years. So we are now at 47,000 followers. And very quickly, I connected with Sandy. And after a month or so, she realized the workload that I was playing with. She offered to help and and she's been with me ever since. And we run the account together, you know, with occasional guest editors. And more recently, we've things have been changing. It was rather serendipitous that I saw that Judith had started Sober 50 on the, the very day that it started. I had been feeling much the same way as Judith. I would put a photo up and thought, where are the other people, the older souls out there? And I'm still friendly with the ones now who I was following and they were following me then. And they they were really the foundation members of so over 50. And in the beginning, we grew very quickly, a thousand a month, as Judith said, and we're about 47,000 coming up to 47,000. And in reality, we're a lot bigger than a lot of the sewing companies out there now. We've been running it nonstop since then. In the early days, we did a post a day. I don't know how we did that. We're doing two or three posts a week now. and We're in a transition phase to look about the viability of the account going ahead with other editors to take the load off Judith and I. And when the two of you started working together, 
what was your Instagram knowledge at the time? Because I tell you what, you do a great job teaching people about Instagram. Yeah, that's mostly Sunday. Our knowledge was very basic at the beginning. Just put up a post, then we learned stories. As things appeared, I think stories weren't a thing when we started. No, stories weren't there. As Instagram have introduced new things, we've learned about them. I'm a retired teacher, so I just love imparting knowledge to people. And I think, well, if I don't know it, there's going to be others out there who don't know it. So that's how our Instagram tips worked and I think that's one of the things that has brought the community together because they know that we're trying as hard as we can to make their Instagram experience enjoyable. We had one just on the weekend about spam and scams and all that sort of thing and just tips and tricks to avoid that. We've had how to use stories, we've embraced reels, we don't like using them too much simply because I don't think it's a medium for sewing. I think we love all zooming in and out and so forth but you have to stay current and mix it up just to uh, keep the algorithm happy. So those are the sort of things that we've embraced as we've gone along. And we also encourage people to just DM us and just say, hey, what's this? I don't understand this. And we're more than happy to help with that. I think that's what has kept us personable with our community is that people can reach out to us and know who they're embracing behind the scenes. That whole behind-the-scenes work that you both do is so valuable and it engages people to the point where I think you've both said in the past that your own personal accounts have always remained as is, but the growth and the work that you do behind the scenes has helped continually grow Sober 50 account. Yes, all that connection, all that work, yeah. One of the lovely things that came of it is connecting people and all the friendships and connections that people have made. One of the important things that we feel we've been trying to do is to increase visibility, not just amongst our little community, but amongst the wider community and amongst pattern brands and make them aware that we're out here. We're a very, very big part of the sewing world. So we've always highlighted, we've done the challenge three times about highlighting pattern companies that include over 50s on their patterns. We've done it by celebrating those We've not gone around criticising those publicly who don't do it. What we've tried to do is bring it out by positive affirmations. But behind the scenes, we would approach a company and say, we're a group that's missing from your account, from your pattern covers, from your grid. How about including us? And maybe they'll say, yes, oh, yeah, we will do. And they'll post somebody and then it's forgotten again. During this time, we feel that quite a lot of companies have changed, but quite a lot haven't. But it's all sort of anecdotal. We think this, you know, we think these companies not doing as well. We think this company's doing better. And that's what brought us around to doing this research, which we've just been doing about actually trying to get some statistics of where we're at now. We can't compare statistically to how we were four and a half years ago because we didn't do that research then. We do know there's been a shift, but not across the board. And that's what we wanted to measure now where we are at the moment. We've done a few magazines and podcasts and interviews and often they'll say, do you think you've made a difference? And anecdotally, we can say, yes, we have so many people tagging us now. 225,000 have tagged so over 50 in four and a half years. People have made friendships. There's all that connectivity. We can really, really embrace that. But quantitatively, we could not say, have we made a difference? 
So we thought looking at from January the 1st to December the 31st in 2022, we would look at what was actually happening on the grids. And the grids, not stories and not reels. Yeah. Because stories disappear and it's an easy thing for a company to do. You disappear after 24 hours. The difference is that you're going to be permanently on the grid. So Judith led the research on this with the team and uh, I've come in and just done the slides for the post. <laughs> I'm just so helpful that way. <laughs> Sally's been running the account while I've been doing the research. She's been doing everything on the account. Judith, the posts have gone out about the research. Yeah. Sandy and I have been thinking about this for some time, about how we could measure where brands are at. I've been doing the research in the background and we had a list of all the brands by the number of followers on Instagram. That's how we decided to do it. Who's got the biggest following on Instagram because that makes a big impact on the sewing community. Uh, There's a lot of people involved. I went through the list and I think we've done about 40 to 50 companies that have over 40,000 followers. I got that far down the list. It's quite time consuming. What I do is I look at the grid from 1st of January 2022 to 31st of December, count the number of posts that have people's faces on them, and then I go through again and count the number of posts that have people over 50, we say, on them, and then work out that out as a percentage. So if there's there's 100 posts with people on them and there's 30 of them have got over 50 on them, then that's 30%. So that's how I've worked it out by the percentage of posts. So not the number of people. So if there's six people on a post and one of them is over 50, that's counted because we're there, you know, we're, we're represented. It's quite time consuming and it's quite mind boggling scrolling through. Some of the brands post almost once a day. So that's a lot to go through. Some are a lot less often. If there was a carousel of 10 photos, I only included the first photo because that's the face of the of it. Mostly didn't do reels because they move too fast for me when I'm scrolling. You know, you can't see them. If there was a post with just a child on it, then that wasn't counted because obviously you can't expect them to, have, to be over 50. I had to have the face on it, so not that views, even though I perhaps knew that mob was an under 50. I didn't count it because it had to have the face so we could see that they were over 50. And if I was in doubt... You know, if I thought, is that person 50 or not? I tended to, uh, on being generous about it. You know, it's hard to always judge, but, you know, I was trying to be generous with it. Mm. Some of the companies only have the designer on the feed. So I didn't count those because that depends on the age of the designer. And it'll either be 100% over 50 or it'll be 0% over 50. And it's a way that they do it. It tends to be smaller companies. It's the way they do it. And I feel sometimes they're missing out because there tend to be a lot of them quite young. So it tends to be obviously not very inclusive, but that's the way they do it. But I didn't include those. As you say, the smaller companies, some of them use just themselves and that's probably a cost factor. So including yeah. them doesn't work and if it's 100% or nothing. So, yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I think not including reels because it's hard to pin them down. It's easier with the carousels or the single photo posts. Yeah. I mean, the biggest account, what number of followers do they have? Over 200,000. And we took it down to 40,000. We didn't go below that. That's a big range and we could keep going, but I think there has to be a, a stop somewhere and we could pursue it later. But at this stage, I mean, you could always go back and then look back on 2023 and we've got at least something to compare to. Mm. So it's independent pattern brands. I didn't include the big four, five, six, seven, because 
they've got so many different accounts. You know, there's the simplest in McCall's UK, there's McCall's Patent Company, there's Birder, that is too many, so I didn't do them. Having been through them all, you know, some big brands do it really well. The visibility of over 50, some don't. Some small brands do it really well, some don't. And there's different ways people do it. Some people just use their in-house models on their grid. A lot of them also use makers. So that's a way, if you can't afford models because you're a small company, on the grid, you could include people in the community who have made the garment. And that's a way of being more inclusive. Obviously, when we're looking through, I'm noticing other things as well, like size. And I haven't considered that. I know that size issue on availability of patterns for larger sizes, some of these companies that are doing well on the age thing may not be actually very size inclusive. I haven't been able to consider that as well. That's just not been able to do that at the same time. You know, unfortunately, some of them, although they're doing well with the age, they may not be doing so well on size availability of patterns. Mm. You know, as I've scrolled through, the best feeds, the ones I find more engaging, are the ones with the real variety in them, not just all the young, slim models when they've got real people yes and not the carefully staged ones with all the colors and the muted tones yeah. and all that sort of thing i love seeing all the real people and they probably yeah. think you know that's rather goofy because that's just what you don't do these days but seeing real people wear the clothes is i think how so over 50 has engaged people because you look at real people wearing the pattern and think oh i like that i really do yeah 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 I think sometimes some of the pattern companies can overmanage the style and the look of the page and forget that real people are buying. Also, we did, as well as the grid, so there's the post about the grid in 2022, but we also looked at their website, their patterns. So as a separate post and a separate piece of research, we looked at the pattern covers for about 40 or 50 of the biggest companies. And for that, the research was done by a team who were really great and put in a lot of work. That was Judy Henwood, Chris Doyle, Sarah Allen, and Camilla Lindbergh. They did the research for that. They did between 10 and 20 companies each and went into a lot of work. They looked at the website and the patterns on the website. If the pattern has just the garment and no person on the pattern cover, then on the website, they looked at, you know, they perhaps have a few photos with it of the dress or the trousers or whatever being worn by models or people. If the pattern doesn't have a person on it, then they looked at the other people on the website. If the pattern did have people on it, then they just looked at that because that is the face of that pattern. Yes, yeah. Again, we worked it out as a percentage of how many patterns they have, how many of those patterns featured an older person and over 50. On that post, if anybody wants to comment, which I'm sure they will, they're all on the, the one about the grid just so that people aren't duplicating and they can say, if they want to say something about the patterns, they can say it on that other post. What I like about some of the smaller companies is if they can't afford the models, what they've done is use the testers. So you've got these slide-alongs that shows a variety of testers. So it's not only size, it's ethnicity, gender, all those sort of things, yeah. which I think is fabulous. They've found a way around of promoting the diversity in the community without the expense. So that's one of the clues that I think some of the major companies could pick up on. Sometimes I think, I know it's all about marketing and so forth, but sometimes it's over-curated. Sometimes they just miss the mark a little bit. But also missing the mark, they will include, you have uh, ethnicity, you will have the gender, size. But the big elephant in the room that they're missing is age. 
And that's the one that we are really trying to conquer. And we don't know why they are probably missing 50% of the community. And 50% of the sewing community, if they looked at their stats, our wonderful community doesn't matter. They don't see it, but they are still hashtagging and still providing a lot of fodder for these companies to have yeah, great big yeah. use of the hashtag, but these companies are ignoring them. And that's the big factor from this research that I want people to look at research and go, well, gee whiz, that's a surprising statistic from that company. Yeah. The thing we always say is we intersect with all communities so that they don't have to feature us as an add-on. We can be part of the different size over 50s. I think the add-on is the biggest factor. When they look towards their models, they will have a checklist. But then they go, oh, we haven't done age. And that's one of the things that hasn't been become inclusive. We're excluded and marginalised and what they don't realise is that they could actually do someone from a size group plus age, ethnicity yeah. plus age, so that they're combined categories and so that age is not the add-on. And the other thing that really gets me going is that you have to look good for your age. You have to be thin. <laughs> you have to look young even though you're old. So it's really part of the sewing community saying we'll accept you if you look good for your age but we're not going to accept you if you're wrinkled or we're not going to accept if we can see that neck of yours what pat companies are saying when they don't include that is that aging is seen as a negativity and not a positivity so we really do need to get that message out there and i think that's not just a sewing thing that's a social cultural thing that's happening and wouldn't it be wonderful that the sewing community and our followers, the ones who say, hey, I'm not happy about this, but where am I else in the community? Where am I being included? So that everyone will start thinking about, well, heck, I don't want to be part of being seen as decrepit or being part of a funeral ad or any of those <laughs> sort of things. Let's have a look at age as being a positive thing within the community and being a social norm. And there's a lot of free advice from the Sabre 50 community about how to adjust a pattern to fit to your body, your body today, not the body that you had 20 years yes. ago, but today's body and mm. how you want to feel in the styles that suit your lifestyle right now. There's lots of free advice, lots of free knowledge, but there's a depth of knowledge there that's free. Yes. Yeah. So many people make those adjustments with their clothing and they will say I've done this on it the way what the what am I working on today they'll say what they're working on and the adjustments and so forth and that's the one thing that Judith and I have worked on is that your body does change as you age there's no getting around it it really does and that's aging and normalizing aging if we can do that as so over 50 I think it's empowering Body positivity towards ageing. I think that's something that hopefully will come out of the Sew Over 50 movement. After doing the research, you know, and you look at the figures, you know, to some people, they probably say, does it matter? Some older people even probably think it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, and what percentage is enough? So they've 40 or 50% of their grid has older people, but it doesn't mean that's excluding others because it might be an older person on the same page as a younger person or whatever. So it doesn't have to be done at exclusion to others. So what percentage is enough is 
10% enough? Is 20% enough? Really, there's 50% of surrogates, I think, are over 50. So does it have to be 50 or just is 30 acceptable? That's, uh, you know, that anybody could make their own mind up on that. I just think, you know, is your favorite company there? And how are they doing? Are you surprised by the figures? Or is that what you expect? And have you thought about it? Does it influence you? Do you think that having older people on pattern covers, I'd like to know, does it put younger people off? Will they not buy patterns that have got older people on them? It does put me off companies that only use younger people on their Others, you know, that I haven't done because they're consistently, we don't feature on their accounts. What percentage is good enough? And I would say, look, anything 20% is great. We'd be happy with that. But below 5%, it's almost negligible. So why bother? We may as well not be there. You know, they want our money, but they oh, absolutely, don't want to reflect Absolutely. That's really good points you brought up there, Judith. I like that. The, the, what, what percentage is good enough? We just want to be included, really. I mean, that's, that's about it. We don't want to be left out. And as I say, normalising ageing, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's definitely what it's about. We get busy with comments, Maria. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> get back yeah. to everybody. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Okay, lovely to speak to you. This episode of Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organised Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Sandy and Judith, soundbybensound.com. As always, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy on the Sober 50 account. Any comments that you may have about the research, please provide that directly to the post. Please provide your comments directly on the post for the Sober 50. No. If you have comments about the research that Sober 50 has just undertaken, please go to the Instagram account, find the post and put your comments and put your comments on that post. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sober 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. Slowly but surely, the YouTube version of every podcast is being published on the Cyber 50 YouTube account as an additional way to connect with people who are so over ageism. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.